0: This is the Rundown. Rundown. The Rundown. rundown. Hosted by Luke Lipinski. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Luke Lipinski here with you. Jesse Morrison behind the glass as the, uh, the Suns and Clippers are set to tip off in about an hour. Pre-game show starts at the bottom of the hour. And uh, we'll start there. Uh, short show. Obviously we got to get to the draft. We got to get to what's going on with the D-backs tonight at home against the Padres. However, this is a playoff game basically for the Suns tonight. Not in the sense where there is any sort of elimination on the line, but you do have to look big picture. And if you are looking for reasons to get motivated for these final 11 games down the stretch. The one tonight and the one Friday against Utah should be the the easiest ones by far. There's no you don't have to talk yourself into this. You don't have to go like, well, okay, it's important to be playing our best basketball because the playoffs begin in a couple of weeks. Or, oh, you know, it's, it's big to go out there and try hard against Oklahoma City because you, you got to show that you can beat those teams that are sub-500. Or you got to go out there and, you know, avenge a loss to whoever down the stretch. You Make sure you send a message to, to Golden State and Steph Curry on May 11th. No, no. The game tonight, the game Friday too, but I would say specifically the game tonight If you're looking big picture, you want to stay in the top two. You want to do everything you can to stay in the top two to avoid the Lakers in the first round. But the second level to this is if you push the the Clippers down into third or look, maybe even fourth. The Nuggets are only two games behind the Clippers right now. There's a pretty good chance the Clippers play the Lakers in the first round. And that, to me, is is almost more important than anything else. Like, the Suns are in. They're going to finish first, second, or third, unless they completely melt down, then I guess they'd finish fourth. You want to finish first because that'd be cool. Your game behind Utah, they don't have Donovan Mitchell. It's absolutely in play. You got to take care of business tonight first, and then you can focus on Utah on Friday for sure. But the bigger thing to me right now, until LeBron James comes back, is – the Lakers are the wild card right now. They're in 5th. They could easily drop to 6th. I heard Gambo saying on, on Burns and Gambo before this, there's a decent chance he's hearing that LeBron comes back pretty soon. So maybe, maybe the Lakers don't fall any further than 5th. Maybe that's where they stay. And if that's the case, the game tonight is even more important because it's going to be tough to push the Clippers down to 4th if you don't win tonight. But if you do, and Denver wins... Clippers are one game up on Denver for fourth. Again, the big, the big thing to me is get the Clippers and Lakers playing each other in the first round. They should be having this conversation in all of these Western Conference cities right now. They should be talking about it in Utah. They should be talking about it in Denver. I guess Salt Lake City, not, not, the, not the city of Utah. They should be talking about it in Salt Lake City. They should be talking about it in Denver. They should be talking about it in Dallas, Portland, Memphis. Doesn't really apply to Memphis, but I just figured that'd include them to be nice. Clippers and Lakers playing in the first round shouldn't happen. Those are really the only two teams that nationally have gotten respect consistently this year as as a team that could come out of the Western Conference. Don't you want them playing each other in the first round? And that's very much in play right now. It's very much in play that the Suns could have to face the Lakers in the first round. So make sure you avoid that. But specifically tonight, if you beat the Clippers, you push them that much closer to Denver. And even if Denver doesn't catch them, if the Mavericks catch the Lakers, the 3 seed is going to be playing the Lakers in the first round. And whether LeBron comes back here in the next few days or not, he's going to be back for the playoffs. We can do the whole, "Oh, I want the Lakers. It's going to be great when the Suns take them out." Yeah, it will, in the second round, not the first round. Let the Lakers and Clippers take each other out. This game tonight is especially fun because this is one of the few teams the Suns have played this year and they haven't beaten yet. 0 and 2 against the Clippers. And these games have gotten chippy. Now it sounds like no Kawhi tonight for the Clippers. Um, you know that's just the way it is. I mean, at this point, if you are the if you're the Suns, just get the win over the Clippers, however you can get it. We can we can worry about playing teams at full strength down the stretch or in the playoffs. Right now, get the the win over the Clippers. That's that's the big thing here, and it's gonna be fun tonight because these have been chippy games. They they just they have an extra edge to them. I know Burns and Gambo had the, uh, the Twitter poll question up today of who do you see becoming the Suns' rival in the future. I mean, the Suns are, are, are not just a playoff team this year. I think we can all agree, at least, at the very least, as long as Chris Paul is here and playing the way he's playing right now, they're going to be a contender. And if they if they transition intelligently and they make some savvy moves over the next year or two or whatever it takes to to find their next point guard of the future while also contending, they could be, this window is just opening for the Suns. So I'm looking at Burns and Gambo's poll question. They had the Jazz, Clippers, or Nuggets as uh, as your options of, of who's going to be the Suns' biggest rival now going forward. And it's funny, the Clippers, the runaway uh, answer right now 65% of people, but for me, I'd go Jazz. I'd go Jazz for sure because the Clippers – We don't know how long Kawhi and Paul George are going to be there. It's not that Kawhi and Paul George are old. It's that they kind of put the Clippers in a tough position before last season where you had to give up everything, future-wise, to get those two guys there. And now there's talk they might leave after this year. (laughs) So this this might be it for this uh, version of the Clippers for a while. And if that's the case, you know there's no guarantee the Suns play them in the playoffs. This might be your last chance to avenge those two earlier losses this season. So certainly stay tuned for that game. Bottom of the hour, tip off at the top of the seven o'clock hour. Let's get into the rapid reaction. The rundown, rapid reaction, rapid reaction, reacting to today's top three trending sports stories. I will start with the D-backs who are on a bit of a tear here. They've won seven of their last eight. It's not getting quite as much attention as it normally would because the NFL draft is tomorrow and the Phoenix Suns are in a fight for the number one seed in all of basketball. But the D-backs have won seven of eight. Carson Kelly has been a huge reason why. Spent so much time in the offseason talking about who they need to bounce back. You need Eduardo Escobar to bounce back. You need Madison Bumgarner certainly to bounce back. You need Ketel Marte to hit more than two home runs like he did last year. And you need Carson Kelly to bounce back because that's the centerpiece of the Paul Goldschmidt trade. And he's bounced back so far. It's early, but six home runs in 23 games hitting well above 300. And he was asked yesterday after they beat the Padres, what's the difference for him this year? Um, you know, I think for, for
1: me, it was, it was, it started in the off season. I, uh, I went to a, um, a guy, a local guy here, and we worked really, really hard to, to get my swing to be uh, very repeatable. It's a simple process, and um, there's not, I mean, there is movement, but it's a, a lot of positive movement, and, you know, it's just, it's something I can repeat, and what that does is allows me to, to be myself and not have to search for things, or last year I was searching for a
0: lot of things, um, but, you know, this year it's, it's been really, really good so far. Well, that's good. I want Carson Kelly to be himself, especially if himself is uh, is this this player that we're seeing hit 340 with six home runs and 47 at bats. He's been a major force in this lineup, and along the lines of guys that needed to bounce back, Eduardo Escobar, who started very slowly, leads the team with seven home runs. The E-backs are putting up offense, and it's not easy to beat the Padres. We saw that in that first four-game series to begin the year. We saw when the Dodgers played the Padres over the weekend, and the D-backs took care of business last night, 5-1. They have a chance to uh, sweep a quick two-game series at Chase Field against San Diego tonight. and They'll start a new series against the Colorado Rockies tomorrow night. It was supposed to be Taylor Widener tonight. It is not. As you heard Sarah mentioned in her update, he is uh, on the injured list now. So it is actually Riley Smith called up. He'll get the start. Also, Cole Calhoun on the injured list. So Dalton Varsho called up. But Riley Smith gets the start tonight as the D-backs go for the quick two-game sweep of the Padres. NFL news, now we are less than 24 hours to the start of the draft. Big trade today. Denver Broncos getting Teddy Bridgewater from the Carolina Panthers for a sixth-round pick. And actually, Carolina, it sounds like is going to pay most of his salary, too. Now, what everybody is is, all the experts are making sure to reiterate this point. This doesn't take Denver out of the market for a quarterback. In the draft tomorrow, which is relevant because they are picking in the top ten, so there was a lot of uh, speculation that they would be the team to uh, to go after Justin Fields, uh, Trey Lance. I think Mel Kuiper had him mocked to. Uh, I know NFL Nation had Trey Lance mocked to Denver with that ninth pick. Right now, Denver has Drew Locke, who has been okay, but he hasn't. It hasn't been a franchise quarterback since they drafted him, and they have Teddy Bridgewater, who. I think is probably better than Drew Locke. I mean, Bridgewater's not a bad quarterback, so you understand what Denver's doing. Now they've got Bridgewater and Locke. Drew Locke just hasn't had the right pieces around him. He's a future Hall of Famer. <laughs> okay. That was quite the jump there, Jesse. Do you want to explain? I just think he's very swaggy and very good. So, yes, he's only, I, I am. Uh, I, I, he's got that kind of gunslinger attitude that I like. Um, whether or not it works, uh, he's entertaining. Well... He is entertaining. Uh, he's entertaining on the bench, though, too, when he's dancing. Uh, Carolina picks 8th. Denver picks ninth. And uh, I would assume at least one quarterback goes in that stretch tomorrow. Some, some mocks have had two going in there. Uh, I'm looking right now at the NFL Nation one that has Caleb Farley actually going to Carolina at 8. Although that's surprising because that's ESPN's NFL Nation. They're usually spot on with this stuff. And I'm not saying it's impossible, but... The guy who picked for Carolina, David Newton, has them taken Farley with J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertain still out there. So we'll see. But uh, either way, pretty big deal right there. And at the moment, Carolina just has Sam Darnold at quarterback. So they may very well be in the market for a quarterback tomorrow night in the first round as well. And one other NFL note, Antonio Brown re-signing with the Buccaneers. I don't really care about the Buccaneers. I don't really care about Antonio Brown. But I think we all had the same reaction when we saw this this morning of... If Larry Fitzgerald, if by some small chance he was going to leave and go somewhere else, Tampa Bay was the one that made sense. That spot was open. It kind of seemed like Tampa was holding the spot open. But whether it's because the draft is tomorrow or whatever, they decided today they're going to fill it with Antonio Brown. So still no word on Fitz, but uh, perhaps a potential landing spot if he were going to leave. I don't think he was ever going to. But if he were going to leave, the most likely landing spot may very well have just closed up. All right, we'll come back. We will get into the drafts and uh, what sort of impact and input Kyler Murray should have on what the Cardinals do, if any. That's next. It's the Rundown with Luke Lipinski on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.
1: 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I think it's a really deep receiver class, and I think there's probably going to be five or six guys who could potentially go in the first round as many as three on the top 15 picks draft week on the rundown
0: that is the rundown luke lipinski back here with you short show tonight but for good reason suns clippers coming up at the bottom of the hour i really do feel like this is as close to a playoff game as you can get Without it being a playoff game, I won't go through all the reasons again. I just did that 15 minutes ago. But uh, you want to keep pushing the Clippers down. I would love nothing more than a Clippers-Lakers first round matchup. Make your path through the Western Conference as easy as possible. It's not going to be easy either way, but I think we all agree the two biggest obstacles, not just for the Suns, but for the Jazz, for the Nuggets, for all these teams is probably going to be the Clippers and the Lakers if they got to play each other in the first round which is very much in play right now especially if the Suns win tonight that uh, that would be outstanding. I want to get into the draft here and I'm I'm going to take this tweet with a grain of salt. It's from Dale Arnold who is I mean he's got a check mark. He's got 65,000 followers. He, he he works for uh, for Nesson he Covers the Bruins, but, I mean, in New England, obviously. This tweet from not even about an hour and a half ago. So, again, take it with a grain of salt. Quote, what I've been told by a reliable source, the Patriots are working on a new contract for Jimmy G that could lead to a deal with the 49ers. It's the same source who correctly told me Brady had signed with the Buccaneers. Doesn't mean it'll get done, but they're working on it. Unquote. That would change things, certainly, because then that means the 49ers are drafting their quarterback for week one tomorrow night we all know they're drafting a quarterback not I mean I would be absolutely stunned if the 49ers did not take a quarterback with the third pick tomorrow it would be pretty idiotic to do what they did to give up what they gave up to move up to number three when they already had an okay starting quarterback in Garoppolo to then alienate Garoppolo and take Panay Sewell or something they're not doing that they're taking a quarterback uh, depending who you listen to or who you believe they've known all along. It would be Mac Jones. They're throwing out a smoke screen. It's going to be Justin Fields, or they see the upside with Trey Lance. The thing is, if there's any truth to this tweet and the Patriots are in on Jimmy G this off season. I mean, I fully expect Jimmy G to be a Patriots quarterback in 2022, but if they can do it ahead of time here, that. uh that really puts that much more pressure on whoever the forty ers pick tomorrow to step in and be a starting quarterback right away. And again, why do we care? Well, they're in the Cardinals division and San Francisco's a dangerous football team. But they're a lot less dangerous if Mac Jones is their starting quarterback in week one than even Garoppolo, I think. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of scouting reports, a lot of prospect lists, a lot of mock drafts that have and and have had Mike Jones going like in the 10 to 15 range. And the 49ers were supposed to pick 12th. If they moved up and did all this stuff to get Mac Jones at three, which is still who I think they're going to take. That's, I mean, it's it's bold. I like the decisiveness, I guess. But if you can tell me that in a division with Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson and now Matthew Stafford, the 49ers are going to run Mac Jones out there in week one. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that from the Cardinals' perspective for sure. Absolutely 100%. Or Justin Fields or Trey Lance. It's not. This is not an anti-Mac Jones show. It's just that's a lot of pressure on a guy to step in on a team that the rest of that team is built to contend for a Super Bowl this year. So again, take that with a grain of salt. But even, even if that tweet doesn't prove to be true, it does sort of highlight how messed up the 49ers' situation is right now. And maybe they can clean it up tomorrow or in the coming days. But uh, at the moment, the guy that is their starting quarterback, who I would think they'd want to lean on if they, if they draft a quarterback with the third pick tomorrow, is just kind of blowing in the wind and waiting to see if he's going somewhere else. It, it, clearly the 49ers don't want him. They may need him for a year to transition, but if he knows he doesn't want to be there, I mean, this is when Bill Belichick just... Appears and gets the guy he wanted all along, right? I mean that 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 almost makes too much sense. I uh, wanted to play this clip real quick. This is um, this came up yesterday. We didn't have a show yesterday, but this is Kyler Murray on Good Morning Football. They asked him, "Does he have any input on draft decisions for the Cardinals?"
1: Uh, I think if you talk to Steve, it'd be the other way around. <laughs> I, I mean, playing quarterback, I just know how uh, how crucial uh, defense is and getting stops like that. But as far as your question goes. Um, I do believe. I do believe. I think I have an influence in it. Um, I, I don't know why I wouldn't. You know, I think if, you know if you got a guy, a quarterback, and you trust him, and you you know you want to be the face of the franchise for you know a lot of years, I think uh, he should have influence just because I mean everything you know is technically built around the quarterback. So um, I think I have that relationship with uh, Steve and, and, and Cliff, and um, you know I'm, I'm excited to see what we do on Thursday.
0: Yeah, that's a delicate balance right here. You have to you have to hit if you're the Cardinals. When the Suns were looking to trade for Chris Paul, my, my stance was very much n- not only should you talk to Devin Booker about this, but they already had, right? You're not having the conversation to make a trade for Chris Paul without Devin Booker signing off on it. And look how well that's worked out. To me, it's a little bit different if you're asking, if you're going to Devin Booker, who's been in this league for a few years now. And, you know, it's basketball, so there's not that many players. And you're saying, hey, we're going to bring in Chris Paul. Is this going to disrupt what you do out there? Yeah, you ab- you better go to Devin Booker in that situation. A little bit different if you're going to Kyler Murray and saying, hey, I know you're not watching every college football game every weekend, but who should we draft? Now, to be clear, the Cardinals aren't doing that. But where it's delicate is you don't want Kyler Murray to feel like he has input if he doesn't have input. But at the same time, you don't want to give him too much input because, again, you're talking about college players. You're not talking about guys he's played against. You're not talking about basketball where it's, it's just you bring in a guy and it, it could completely alter the rhythm of the other four guys on the court or the eight or nine guys in the rotation. But you've all seen each other. You've all played against each other. You're talking about a vet that you're bringing in. This is talking to your quarterback about, hey, which, which guys that all of our scouts have seen that you haven't should we draft? In theory, yeah. I mean, your quarterback should have some input on, like, hey, I need offensive line help. But I like it a lot more if it's like if Kyler Murray's saying, hey, I'm tired of going up against this guy every week in the NFL. Bring him over here. I'm going to get you some of these uh, James Jones cuts since we have the Suns and Clippers coming up here in just a couple minutes, and... Um, Stephen A. Smith went on and on about how, and this was yesterday, about how it, it maybe should be Chris Paul against Nikola Jokic for MVP. I won't play you Stephen A. Smith because we're tight on time, but I will play you the GM, James Jones, on with uh, Burns and Gambo today, and they asked him how much of this incredible run by the Suns is because of Chris Paul.
1: He's vital to what we do. Um, you know, if you talk about most valuable player, it's, it's who has the most value for the team, like who connects the team, I think, it's without question. Um, he impacts every player um, on this team. He impacts what Coach can do. Um, so I know his value. I think his teammates would, would definitely be the first to tell you that he deserves uh, MVP consideration. Um, but if you know Chris like I know Chris, um, he'll he'll let the team's success speak for itself. And, and he's focused on that. We're focused on that. Um, but it's great that he's in that conversation.
0: Yeah. And I like this one, too. I think Gambo asked this one of of how long did it take you as a player to not get too high or too low for a game, depending on the opponent? Because, look, I'm sitting here saying this game is is almost a playoff game tonight and you want the players to go out there. We've seen the Suns play up to their competition this year. But you don't want them so hyped up that they go out there and fall behind by twelve in the first half because you know they you work yourself up too much. It is still one out of seventy-two games until you actually get to the playoffs. But James Jones actually had a very specific answer to that question.
1: I say about six years in um, when I went back to Miami and um, I had my first crack at playing for a title. You know, you go into that excited about a chance, the chance to win um, a, a title, to be a legitimate contender, and you put all your emotion into every single game um, and you make games bigger than they actually are because at the end of the day you want to be the last team standing Uh, you only have so much emotion so much energy you have to kind of build um, the capacity to to play these types of games uh, consistently uh, and that takes time so I think for us this is you know us trying to speed up the process of of playing in these high pressure uh, games I think it'll help us in the long run.
0: Yeah, and look, I mean, the Suns are still a young team. I'm fascinated by the national perception of the Suns, of it's like, oh, that's Chris Paul and a bunch of other guys we don't know that much about. This is Devin Booker's team. Yes, Chris Paul has been around for a while. He's, He's the ultimate first ballot Hall of Famer. He's got all the experience in the world other than winning a championship. So yeah, he's got experience, and Jay Crowder's got experience, but look at the other guys on this team. Even Devin Booker, for as great as he has been, has zero playoff experience. So games like the one tonight, and the one Friday against Utah, these are big learning experiences. I mean, James Jones makes a ton of sense right there. As far as that, that race for the top one or two or even three spots in the Western Conference, the Nuggets are playing the Pelicans right now at seventeen fourteen Denver. Again, that's relevant just because maybe Denver could catch the Clippers and make a Clippers-Lakers first-round matchup that much more likely. And the Jazz play later. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks to Jesse Morrison behind the glass. I'm Luke Lipinski. Suns Clippers next on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station.